Hello, Millie. <laughs> Hi, Theo. So in today's episode of the Shaping Future podcast, I understand you'll be talking to a panel of exciting young leaders who are all contributing to Adelaide's growing startup ecosystem. That's right. I'll be asking our panellists, first of all, what a startup actually is, some of the challenges and opportunities that come with working here in Adelaide, and what advice they'd give to youth wanting to get involved in this space. Fantastic. I feel like I know absolutely nothing about startups, so I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. I hope so. Who are you chatting to? I'll be speaking to Harry Spurrier, who is the founder of NeuroHero, a social enterprise that acts to remove the stigma around disability and the role it plays within our society at large. NeuroHero is in the early stages of tackling this mission by creating developmental programs for people living with disability, and it's designed to be completed alongside parents, carers and future employers to encourage collective learning. Our next panellist is Vatsal Shah, who is the founder of AZ3D, a medical 3D printing company which works with surgeons, hospitals and medical device companies to integrate 3D printing into their ecosystems. And finally, we have Danielle Seymour. Danielle is one of the founding curators of the Adelaide Global Shapers Hub, and she has been actively involved in the development of Adelaide's startup ecosystem through her social venture business, Sidestep Creations, and other projects including Unite Adelaide. Danielle is also a partner and director of Southstart, which I'm sure many of you might know. It's our state's flagship innovation and impact festival, linking together the nation's leading investors and business leaders. Wow, it sounds like you've got a real variety of, of people and I look forward to hearing your conversation. Before we get started, we want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on Ghana land and we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and we'd like to invite you to pay respects to the First Nations people on whose land you are listening from today. <laughs> hey everyone. <laughs> hi Danny, hi Batsal, hi Harry. How are Hello. you going? Hello Good. T-Dog. How you going? <laughs> awesome, I'm so excited to speak to you all today. I'm going to jump straight into my first question. I hear the term startup being thrown around a lot these days. It seems very exciting, but I'm not exactly sure what it means. I was wondering, Danny, would you be able to help me out on giving a bit of a definition? Sure. Um, objectively, you could say that a startup is uh, a new uh, business that um, has a, a scalable model. I come at it with a more sort of lens on tech startups and looking at how they can leverage technology to to achieve a certain level of automation that allows them to, to grow exponentially. Yeah, Harry, how does that sound? Yeah, there's a lot of different definitions. Some of the definitions in like entrepreneurship, when you consider it from an academic standpoint, it looks at a business that is trying to grow rapidly from a starting point. But something could be a small business for like five or ten years and then they figure out, oh, we could scale this. So a good example is a, a cafe or something that's become a franchise and then scaled rapidly. So you can sort of transition through different business structures and things. It's, it's fairly fluid. But some people are very strict about the definitions. They get grumpy. Um, but for the most part, I think, yes, it's a small uh sort of business not in terms of the scale that it is currently but it wants to grow rapidly and generally speaking it's needing investment to do so and it will probably be losing money while it is having that investment and the aim is to 
understand that it's going to grow so big that eventually there'll be a break-even point and eventually it'll be profitable. So that's why the investment goes into it. Mm. I, I agree with both of them, but if I have to simply define a startup, I'd say it's anything that solves a problem using technology. Um, and when we say a business that scales, I'd define it as something where the costs, for example, rise by 5%. At the same time, the revenue increases by 100%. So that's the point of a startup. Not a traditional business where cost increases 10% and the revenue increases 20%. Can you explain why that distinction between the two is significant and why startups are then important? Or what potential they offer? You could look at the impacts that startups have from an economical point of view and uh, the, the ways in which they have the potential to, to change our lives fundamentally. Um, looking at the efficiencies they drive in you know, businesses at large and, for example, looking at Atlassian and, and how many thousands and millions potentially of users use um, their tools to then grow, I guess, it, they're creating a new ecosystem of services that fundamentally impact our lives. Um, mm. That's just one example. I'm just trying to think why, like, hey, question, is spot on, like, why are they important as more important as compared to traditional businesses? Because traditional businesses still try to change the world. Um, take GM, for example, GE, for example. Why startups and this scaling thing is more exciting? That's what I'm trying to think. I had a quick Google, and, and some of the uh, definitions really centred on innovation. So maybe that could be an aspect like they're, they're fracturing the current ecosystem with something new and something new. different that's possibly better. But I think um, there's also the more pessimistic view you could take, which is just like it's a great avenue for investors to put their money into something and grow it. Get and that's not, yeah. Yeah, that's not necessarily um, just about money. They might think, oh, that's a good cause. This could really help some people. But, yeah, it, it can be a good spot for people or companies or foundations that have a pool of money to put somewhere rather than implementing a strategy themselves, they can trust that capital with a small group of innovators to then push that idea further and bigger than they could have themselves. I would also argue that a lot of early stage investors um, are doing it out of either they've gone through the process before um, and it's their way to then, you know, back someone that they see themselves in and also they have a fundamental um, thirst to, to see that problem solved because early stage investment is extremely high risk compared to other, um, other avenues. So I think it's less about, oh, I'm going to get rich quick um, and there's, you know, more high growth potential in this, this avenue and, and ultimately, I'm generalising here, um, it's often, you know, the, that vision and that dedication to a, a, you know, wildly crazy cause that isn't generally tackled by a lot of, of, of people. Um, that's often sort of what you start to see um, with startups. I think one of the things that comes to my mind is when we started, like when startups started by the guys in Silicon Valley, it was exciting because of innovation and also because of the ability to move fast 
which was not always the case with businesses earlier. Like traditional businesses were always very rigid in terms of their structure, in terms of the things they do. What startups did was basically came in and be like, hold on, there's another way we can do this. And that's why they are so exciting because they're breaking the status quo in terms of doing things. Do you think that they started in Silicon Valley or Silicon Valley is just when there became a critical mass of of startups yeah, like it's a lot of in one. that it's environment? I think definitely, that definitely really that helps though if you've got the startup ecosystem and then you've got people collaborating. So yeah, mm-hmm. if you're talking about traditional businesses, they might there is there is patents and, and things in startup, but some bigger traditional businesses might be a bit more secretive, but you might have people who are all within the same geographical location sharing ideas and then changing and challenging each other to to go further and grow. That is the perfect moment to ask my next question. How would you describe the startup ecosystem here in Adelaide and what sets it apart from other ecosystems that you've either heard of or worked in before? I have always lived in South Australia. I've had a few stints elsewhere, but only for a few months. But I think overall, the population in SA, given that it's it's fairly small, um, but they also really enjoy locally made things or things that contribute locally. So if they see something here that's really doing something big, they're going to get behind it. So I think it's a really good testing ground where people are going to be supportive because they admire the, the, the local attitude to test something. But you've also got quite an array of people, um, so it's a good spot to test ideas. So the idea that we're old and crusty and not open to new things is false? Uh, I'd say so. I think the way you described it was spot on for me when I first moved to Adelaide. Um, as an outsider, I was like, oh my God, this is a tiny town, not open to new ideas and change. But I think it's it's... I'm glad I gave the city a chance and uh, I've really come around it. Adelaide for me is a city of opportunities, of rapid growth, mainly because there's a clear change in the mindset of people in the city. They are open to ideas, they're open to innovation and they're open to listening to people, which is why I think it's a great place to be. I think there's also a few limitations worth bringing up so it might depend a bit on industry so you might have a look at the different sectors that Adelaide deals with the most and they might be the most uh, viable to start a business in so you you might not want to start a a business that's a social network for example in Adelaide necessarily just because of population size that might do better in America Um, but yeah that, that could be a limitation. I think on that note, there's a key point in that is in identifying uh, what we are good at, um, but also being quite honest with ourselves, what we, you know, not what we lack, but where the opportunity still stands. And I think you could look at South Australia as a startup itself in the context of the global environment in that, you know, if we're really being honest with ourselves, we do still have a long way to go um, comparative to, you know, what's happening in ecosystems like look at Tel Aviv, Berlin, etc. cetera. Um, there, there are incredible things happening here um, and the, the pace in which they're happening is incredible. Um, 
But at the same time, personally, I'm more driven to stay in South Australia because of the softer factors, like the fact that my family is here, the environment that we see ourselves surrounded by, the fact that you can, you know, live in the hills and uh, then head to the city in just, you know, under 20 minutes. Um, and, and it's less about the the access to investment and some of the other critical things that, that you require um, to start and scale a company. But having said that, all of those things uh, are accessible remotely and they're not bound to location. So, yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Like we're seeing, you know, change here definitely, but we're seeing change everywhere else. I'm sure there are other cities and, and countries that are having the same conversation. So I think it's it's considering the localised uh, opportunity in the context of the global environment is really important. Okay, so beyond the hype of the startup scene, what are some of the major challenges facing the ecosystem here in Adelaide, um, but also informed by a global context? I'd say it's the market size, which Harry kind of um, alluded to in his previous answer, but I think it's it's the lack of a big, diverse local market, which you know for some startups is very necessary to have that strong local base. Um, I think that's um, kind of an opportunity for Adelaide to grow. Um, other than that, I feel it's the culture around decision making. It, it's difficult to gain momentum, especially when you're working on a startup in Adelaide. So I'd say that's one of the biggest opportunities for change as well. I think uh, when you look at the challenges and, you know, I don't profess to be a startup founder, um, rather work at a more sort of ecosystem level, um, I think access to the conditions that are, are needed to, to achieve that sort of scale, um, it's one thing to go out there and test it and validate an idea in the market. Um, it's another thing to grow that. Uh, beyond a certain location and and a level of network, I think we have the benefit here of of ne networks being quite accessible to us. Um, and you know, like I said, the livability aspects, etc. Um, but I think at the end of the day, we need to talk more openly and honestly about the challenges that come when starting anything, let alone a startup, and, and delving into really unknown territory. Um, the financial aspects of that, the emotional and mental aspects of that are not something that we speak about enough. Um, it can affect families, it can affect children, um, you know, parents who are founders, how, you know, their ability to provide for their, their kids. Um, I've, I've been through that, I was a child of a founder, and so... I think, yeah, that there are so many challenges um, that, that exist. I think it's not specific to South Australia. I think um, on that, um, when, when the going is good, things tend to happen a bit quicker when you've got people being able to live in a house and may maybe afford a house uh, or be able to get loans easier and that sort of thing. You tend to see a few more businesses grow. Um, obviously, when the times are tough, there's opportunities, like with the current 
uh, COVID-19 pandemic, there's opportunities to, to start using things like Zoom, for example. Um, but overall, you'll probably see more people take that step and take that risk if there's a safety net. If you've got a safety net, you can start a business, fail, try another business, fail, and then maybe the next one will succeed. You can actually practice the skills to build a business. You don't have to um, only have one learning opportunity and then you're done. You can at least uh, learn multiple times. So I think that probably leads into more government policy and economics than the ecosystem as a whole. And I, actually, I'd love to ask you guys a question. Like, do you think South Australia lacks that one big story that kind of motivates people to go out and start their own startup? I think that we are quite safe. I, I think the fact that I can't, most of my friends don't know what I do for a living, let alone what a startup is, um, has it, it's made me feel isolated um, a lot of the time, not being able to have these conversations with, with people my age often. Um, who I've you know been raised alongside and have grown up with um, some of my best friends and, and I think having that I guess awareness around us that we've we've still you know there are, it's still quite glamorous to finish a commerce degree and go and work for the big four I know because I was in that position and then felt like I was an outcast for not then going on to that next step um, but I guess following my heart versus my head, that that challenge that came with that was quite hard for me to step away from and and, and that's probably been a big cause of my own risk aversion and and how I sort of have disguised, I say like I'm not a startup founder but I am running a business and I just try to mentally compartmentalise that in a more safe way as opposed to, you know, delving into something that's wildly crazy. Um, And so I think you know, looking deep at our at our culture and the institutions that exist and the networks that we've been born and raised in um, and, and how that has affected our mindset is probably an exercise that we should do more often. Well, it sounds like there is a lot of opportunity and uh, a real need for innovation and the freshness that we're speaking about, but there's also a lot to build on and work on. What is the future looking like here or maybe what should the future be looking like? Where are the gaps and where would you like to see future founders or youth that are wanting to be involved in the startup scene? Where do you want to see them them growing? I'd just say more openness to entrepreneurship and failures. Like People should be encouraged to start whatever the idea be, but just start and do something about it. Um, and just build a culture around it where you're supporting people who've failed and make sure that they've got the right support behind them to start again. And also, I think it's, it's very important at this age, like uh, I, I, if, I was, if I had to start over again, I'd say talk to as many people as you can um, and just build your team, build your group of people that you can rely on for support mentally, emotionally, socially, whatever it is, but just build that team and just talk to them about your ideas, about the problems that you want to solve. I, I propose an amendment to the name startup culture and it should be startup fall down. Nice. <laughs> startup fall down <laughs> culture. It seems like that's that's crucial in, in getting something off the ground. Danny, do you have any final thoughts? 
I think look beyond the language. I think if you have an idea or a general curiosity, um, you know, to look into something new, I think so often you see, you know, people who are working each day that aren't quite happy in their respective field or whatever it may be that um, are hesitant, well, firstly, don't know where else to look um, and then I guess hesitant to go beyond a certain pathway because that starts to get into really that deep other category. I think understanding that the startup ecosystem more broadly is still figuring itself out. Um, the communication that's used to talk about startups, the language, the terminology, etc., that's all still evolving. So I think um, searching, you know, innovation or entrepreneurship and the programs that stand around that environment to help support and grow businesses, don't be put off by that initial sort of step because while you may feel yourself sort of repulsed by the terms like inside, like I am, um, once you open that door, it, it actually starts to all make quite a lot of sense. Um, and really for me, what I when I first discovered that the term startup, despite like literally having a business degree, um, which has changed now, thank gosh, it's in education, etc. Um, it was the penny drop for me because I was working um, for a, a startup who were developing um, a facial recognition algorithm based off the Facebook API. So essentially I realised through so many years I'd been using Facebook and I was the consumer of this technology um, and now they were using that data that I'd been given to essentially create new businesses from and so something that was quite accessible in that my usage of Facebook and something that's in my day-to-day -day life and current situation I could then use that to understand and follow that journey of all the elements surrounding this sort of startup world um, so yeah I think recognizing your own internal biases the ways that you've been you know raised and and taught to believe and what drives you and, and always checking in with yourself. Like that's all said, I think taking that step forward and then looking back regularly and assessing, okay, well, I've, I no longer think this way, but what's the commonality? What's the one thing that's motivated me through all these years? And I think that can be your most grounding force. Mm. One last thing, I think one of the most important things I'd love to see change is the ability to dream big. Don't just stop dreaming at getting a degree and going to work for the big four. Just dream big. Don't be scared of your dreams and go and make them happen. Mm, that is such a good note to end on. I can't thank you all enough for chatting about this. You all have such diverse experiences and I can't wait to see what you all do this year. Wow, that was a really interesting conversation, Theo, from so many different perspectives. I, I really found it interesting that there's not a, a cookie cutter model when it comes to, to startups and entrepreneurship. Um, each guest really seemed to have a different idea about what to look for in, in different areas. I found that too. And I, I think the major takeaway from me was that it, it's just as important to to unlearn things and to try and change change your own narrative regarding learning and, and taking risks 
And I think each of the the guests sort of explored that in some way. Absolutely. I hope that there is something in there for everyone. Thank you for joining Millie and I from the Global Shapers Adelaide Hub on our Shaping Futures podcast. You can find out more about the Global Shapers on our website, which is linked in the show notes. Make sure to follow the Global Shapers Adelaide on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn to see how you can get involved with our local and global causes. And finally, we'd like to thank the City of Adelaide for supporting us in creating this project.